Hi everyone, and welcome to the Six to the Sticks podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Smith. This podcast aims to shine a spotlight on local businesses, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who are helping to create a rich and diverse culture within our community. From craft breweries to coffee shops, from contractors to designers, our community is made up of inspiring people and businesses. Join me as we take a closer look at these amazing people and listen to their stories. My guest today is someone who has felt like a kindred spirit since our very first conversation. When we went into lockdown back in March, I remember having a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. Not knowing what was going to happen in the following weeks and months was really scary. Taking calls from friends and clients who were worried about paying their bills after being forced to close their businesses was upsetting. This podcast was born from a desire to find a way to help, to give great local businesses a chance to talk about themselves and share their story. So it felt like serendipity when an article came across my newsfeed about someone who was doing something similar for local restaurants. Giving back to his community isn't something that's new to Lindsay, but even he says he's blown away by what's happened since he had the idea to help local restaurants. Please welcome Lindsay Smith. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me again. Um, I'm just really excited for uh, for all of the uh, listeners to kind of get a get to hear what I heard because uh, I, as I say, I, I really love your story, um, and I'm just sort of excited to share it with uh, to share it with more people. Um, so thank you again. Um, so I really want to sort of like, I, I know you have a very, um, you know, a, a long uh, standing real estate career and kind of you mentioned when we were speaking, you've kind of bucked the trend um, of what's traditionally been sort of realtor gifts and, and closing gifts and that kind of thing, which was sort of the precursor for how you decided to approach this endeavor to support small business during COVID. And I wonder if you can just sort of, you know, sort of share that story and, and how kind of that came to be for you guys in terms of uh, what you've decided to do this, this overall initiative. Sure. Well, <clears throat> the start, but I work with my partner, Wendy Starr, we work together and <clears throat> we, our team buy, sell, love Durham. What we, what we did was, um, was probably, I think it was around 2018. I mean, we've always given closing gifts whenever a buyer or seller, we, we do business with them. And I mean, I've always struggled to try to find something that's personal because and you end up buying gift cards to Home Depot or Lowe's or LCBO or whatever. And they did, they were quite meaningless in my opinion, but they were part of the culture of selling real estate is that people, I mean, they, they, it's, it's an expectation, I believe. So what we decided to do was um, in 2018, we decided instead of giving a closing gift, what we did was we, we would um, ask the, the buyer or seller which their favorite charity was locally, and then we would make a contribution on their behalf. And so they ended up getting a note back from the charity saying, thank you so much for the donation. It was made on your behalf. So that's really how it started. Um, really, it started with simple, uh, with no real plan as to a goal in mind, but that's really the inception of it. And I think it ties in so well with what you guys have as sort of your, um, 
you know, I know you call it a tagline, but I guess you're sort of one of your core values, I would almost say, which is sort of that rooted in community, um, because I think it just it, it's very evident based on this particular um, initiative, you know, that, that to supports, um, you know, restaurateurs and, and you know, the, the beginning of that Facebook group. Um, you know, it's really very much, uh, you know, sort of uh, walking the talk, if you will, like you're, you really are putting, um, you know, demonstrating in real life, what you, you know, what some of the core values of your business are. And I, I find that, you know, really refreshing at a time when I, I think sometimes people, um, you know, do lack credibility, like it, it's fine to make it a hashtag, but it's very refreshing to see people actually be out, um, you know, and uh, living those values, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, we see so much, <clears throat> we see so much um, messaging that's out there that's not backed up by delivery of whatever's behind the message. That's pretty common today, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, easy to, um, pardon me for using a, a, a term that's probably be a, a younger than I am, but uh, it's all about kind of social media virtue signaling without ever really um, demonstrating um you know, your desire to support certain things, right? Without actually being out in the community and, and doing the work to uh, to actually put in for the various things that you claim to to want to support. But I, I really love that about you guys that, um, you know, this sort of wasn't like a, a COVID thing. This is sort of something that's part of your business that you now just, um, you know, you've just sort of ramped up as a, as a means to provide some support to a, you know, much uh, support to an industry that really needs it as a result of COVID. Um, so can you kind of explain for people who may not have read the article or, or may not have seen the Facebook group, um, kind of what is it that you guys did and how it even came to be? Like how, how that, uh, you know, idea has, you know, morphed into what it is today. <clears throat> Well, really, it started. Um, I mean, our shutdown here in Ontario. I think the work at or the um, the what do they, they call it? Stay-at-home orders uh, came yeah, in place. Yeah, yeah, How's lockdown. Yeah. yeah, lockdown came in place around the I think around the twenty-first or twenty-second of March. But they had they had um, warned us it was coming, and and at that point, uh, we didn't know what the the outcome of of whether restaurants could continue to operate. And to be honest with you, as a real estate broker, and I'm sure as you as a mortgage broker, mortgage professional, we didn't know if we could continue to work because we didn't know if we'd be con considered an essential service. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was sitting at my kitchen table and it was uh, it was March 18th. And I got thinking about the day before that, because the restaurants were just coming to a close. I went to a local uh, Thai place that I love and I gave her 75 bucks and she asked me what that was for. And I said, just hold on to it because I think you're going to need some money over the next little while. And I'll just draw from it as I come and grab lunch from you. And so the next day I'm sitting at my kitchen table with my laptop in front of me. And I, I, I just started to become worried about the restaurant community. Um, my, I come from a family of chefs. My, um, uh, my biggest passion really outside of work is uh, is cooking at a high level. So I've done that, I've done fundraising through it. Um, I've, yeah, I've done a lot of work within the, the restaurant community offering food. So anyways, I decided to start a Facebook group and I called it uh, Restaurants in Oshawa with me in Clarington offering takeout and delivery. And I'd never started a Facebook group before. So I launched it on March 18th. And what I wanted to do was provide a, a, an inexpensive, not an inexpensive, a free resource or platform 
for restaurants to say, these are our opening hours, we're still open. These are the safety protocols we have in place. So that really was the inception of the idea. Which is awesome because really back then, I mean, I know it's saying it sounds hard to believe now, but when we think back to that time, um, you know, it was hard to keep, it was hard to keep up with the information and like news outlets were really reporting on the, on the more like, you know, schools are closed and, and everybody's staying home. And um, there wasn't a lot of information about what was still open. And if people, um, you know, couldn't go to the grocery store, could they get a meal elsewhere and how we could, you know, what was open. So um, those kind of things were, I think sorely needed then because there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the same amount of information. I kind of feel like we have a little bit more now, or at least the clarity, there was just um, a lot of panic and a lot of unknowns back in March. So yeah, I, panic, I it was also panicking from then we got to realize that restaurants could still offer takeout and delivery. Then the panic was around, is the food safe? Am I right. safe to order takeout? So there was so much, um, and like you said, mi not misinformation, just a void of information when it came to that. So, I mean, it was really good that the, the restaurants could go on and share what they're doing from a, a, um, a safety protocol. I also started to interview individual restaurant owners and chefs and put those Zoom interviews out on, um, on the Facebook group as well. Again, what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring that human element into it so that people could see that there were there are families, there are kids, there's people just like they are behind these restaurant doors that really relied upon customers to keep their businesses afloat. So it really turned out to be such a wonderful experience getting to know these restaurant owners and and their stories. We all have a story. I love that because I also really love what you sort of touched on that as this group grew and you were able to share stories and you know provide um, kind of a platform for people to to talk about their business and and you know encourage people to still support them. Um, I love how you have created a really just made it a very positive space like it is not you've not allowed it to become a place where people complain about you know the opening and closing the unknowns the uh, restrictions the government's imposing um issues or whatever have you you've you've really stayed true to the reason you started it in the first place and i love that because i think you know now that as this has i don't want to say dragged on but it has necessarily necessarily uh continued in terms of the restrictions I, you can sense that people are growing, you know, tired and weary of it. And there is some negativity, but I really love how you've, you know, maintained that as a place where, where people are just going to go and be positive and, and uh, contribute positively um, in that capacity. I, I really love that. I think we need more of that uh, as this continues on. Well, thank you. I mean, like last week we had there, I, I, um, noticed a, a post last week and it was somebody obviously had posted something i have a co-moderator uh, michelle harrison who's helped moderate it because there's eleven thousand one hundred people in that group now so it's a bit of a behemoth to moderate um but we had somebody post something and it was a it was a quite a negative post and it was about um they were talking about someone else who posted something about a negative experience so it wasn't even the person's own experience they're just commenting on someone else's experience and and then what you see happening is that the um, 
you see that thread, you know, negativity feeds on itself. So you could see that people start chiming in about all the negative experiences they've had. And um, that really wasn't the platform that I wanted to create. So I didn't delete that thread. I just stopped commenting. And then I posted a, a post about what the platform really was. And it wasn't to out restaurants that are going against safety protocols. It wasn't, it's what I, what I had said in that post was, here's what I would suggest. If you've got a problem, go to the restaurant owner. If they don't give you satisfaction, go to the health department. And I posted a link to the health department in there. I, what I really was saying was, this is not the platform to, to whine and moan about things. This is the platform to support. So I, I kind of, I, I agree with what you're saying. And that was really, that's, that was my vision for creating that group was to have a positive group. And I love that also, I'll be honest, I, I really, I love your approach because um, I know when we talked, you know, just how we've been really fortunate with our industries where, um, you know, things have, have gone on and almost, you know, been very busy and we've been really fortunate. Um, but I find, you know, it's nice to see some positivity because I, I have seen some kind of like, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of icky or gross, um, you know, advertisements or media that really does seem to prey or capitalize on people's fears and things like that. So, um, you know, was that a factor in continuing this too? Like seeing some um, of the more perhaps seemingly opportunistic marketing messages out there, um, did you find that to be something that also kind of uh, gave you momentum to keep going, to be different than that and really, um, you know, be positive and, and keep contributing something that was not in any way self-serving? Yes. I mean, it, in a nutshell, yes. It's I mean, all we have to do is go onto our Facebook or our Twitter feeds, and you can see negativity within seconds of joint jumping on there. Um, people, <clears throat> I mean, what I see, in at least what I've experienced or witnessed this year, is that through this pandemic, it stoked fears. And fear loves company. So what ends up happening is you can see a fear-based comment, and then what happens is it feeds more fear-based comments from other people. So to me, I wanted it, you know, from a purely selfish standpoint, I wanted a place where I could go and really enjoy and not see drama or negativity or people, you know, like judging other people. I just wanted to go create a place that I could go and enjoy and look at pictures of food and hear comments and stories. And it's exactly what it turned out to be. It's so true. I know I found myself at times just uh, going days without even wanting to be on my social media. It was just inundated with um, just, I, I think after a while, just uh, stuff that was just not helpful to hear and have in your face constantly. Um, so it was really nice to find those kind of those respites where, you know, people were just talking about, um, there was some degree of normalcy, I guess, if for lack of a better word, it was just a nice place to have sort of seemingly normal conversations. Um, and, and I can, I, I think that's probably why you are at, you know, 11,000 and some odd group members, um, because there wasn't a lot of that at the time. Like it, there wasn't a, a place where, you know, people just seem to want to talk about the, um the the downside of it and while i do understand that um you know that gets tiresome after a while especially when you're inundated from the news and you're you know at, on social media um it feel it can feel very overwhelming and you know hard to um you know hard to want to stick your head out out of all of that uh negativity after a while 
Do you know, the, the, just tying into that, that thought, uh, Leslie, is that you, um, if you look at it, like, if you were to say, like, again, getting back to what you said earlier about how it, walking the walk is more difficult than just talking the walk, right? Yeah. I just, and like, I see shop local things around, but there's no, it, it's almost like it's a catchphrase. It's like a cliche that there's nothing behind it to, to really drive the message to get people to, to shop local. That's what this is doing. This is trying to get people to recognize that when, when someone uses, uh, goes to a restaurant or uses you as a mortgage professional, all of the services that you purchase are all local services. So your money that you're generating in your own business or me in real estate is going back to our local community. It's supporting the people around us, just like the restaurants. So that's one of the things I've been shocked with is I have not seen a lot of other local initiatives, even government-based, that have really promoted doing things locally. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know, truly, it's it's sort of why um, I know you know the your uh, Facebook group was sort of started, and uh, I know I shared with you it was sort of just you know why this podcast came to be because I just felt like I wanted to give um, humanize like you the term you used before uh, and give a platform to people to just to be able to share their stories and really um, you know encourage people like. If we lose all the, um, you know, the the small business owners, the artisans, the restaurateurs, um, you know, the various people that make up, you know, the fabric of our community, we lose we lose the uniqueness that makes a community that. And I just really wanted to always drive the point home to people how crucial it is, um, you know, not just at COVID, but really to understand that, you know, what it is um, that you support when you speak with your dollars. And while it is sometimes less convenient or a little bit more, um, there's so much greater value there when you do something like that. When you go to the local farmer's market, when you, you know, you decide to buy um, your family all gifts, you know, from, from local uh, vendors or artisans, you know, it just, it's just, it's not just the money, it's all that the money then does. And I, I really um, have made it a, a goal to try and get people to understand that a bit more that, you know, in these places, if these places have to close, you know, that has a huge ripple effect on our communities uh, that I don't think people are quite aware of. You know, the um, one of the lines that I have, um, have written over and over in that group is when you order food, either takeout or delivery from a restaurant, you're not just buying food. What you're doing is you're offering a lifeline back to that restaurant and the family behind the restaurant. Yes. It is. I mean, I mean, if we can, as a community, as a larger community, come to understand that spending money is, is offering lifelines, it really changes the dynamic of where you place your dollars. It does. And I think also, I know for myself, um, just sort of putting on my business entrepreneur hat, I found it's been a really lovely to have the opportunity to work with more like-minded people, either as, you know, in this capacity, speaking to uh, really interesting individuals or just, you know, clients I get the, to work with 
um, because we're like-minded and, and aligned in kind of our, our thoughts and how we want to approach this, um, you know, I've really enjoyed that aspect of this. I think it's really allowed people to, um, to get more clear on, on who they want to work with and, and align themselves with, you know, both, both in the personal and professional capacity. I agree. I mean, it's, um, I think that there's a reckoning happening right now in our community. Oh, not I love that. <laughs> in, all, in all communities. And I think that that people are becoming, I, I, I'm hoping this, that people are becoming more and more aware of, um, of the people that, that give back to the community um, and that offer something. I mean, here's a good example. I just, um, one of the, the things we did this morning, which is making me very happy right now is we dropped off a check uh, to uh, Hearth Place, which is the Cancer Support Center in Oshawa. I think we've given them $4,300 this year. We dropped off another check and we had a tour and I've never been through it. But, you know, I, I talked to Debbie Dawson, who's, um, she works there and she's working there on a part-time basis, but she was one of the key real estate people. And she got out of real estate so she could actually give her energy, time and leadership back to the community with helping to support people going through cancer, uh, dealing with cancer um, situation. So, I mean, when I see that, it just makes me wanna either contribute more or support more in any way. And I think that hopefully the general, the, the wider community is gonna see that and respond in the same way. Yes, I, I'm hopeful for that too, because I, I think it's really, um, I love the term you use, the reckoning, because I, I think it's the people now that are really, um, and I say this like, and, and truly genuinely trying to help people navigate this time, um, that are really going to play a key role in how we kind of come out of this. Um, because I think it's those people that are, are really needed in a community um you know because when you've got a, a sort of a segment of the community that's that's down or that's experiencing harder times particularly in these cases because it's not as a result of any like it's it's external factors that have caused this for them um you know when they're down we need a segment of the population to help them up and subsequently when when that other side is then down the the other side steps in and i i think it's being able to find that balance um, within a community. And I, I hope if there's some positive to come out of COVID, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's being able to see, um, you know, how we can prop each other up. And, and when we all sort of help, you know, kind of that, you know, the, the tides, everyone sort of rises sort of thing, um, as opposed to kind of looking at things more competitively and, um, you know, with a, with a scarcity mentality. I, I hope what comes of this is very much more of a growth mindset. So let's dig into that for a second. This is <laughs> <laughs> so there are people out there that, like my business has survived this year and I'm having an okay year. I'm, I'm not gonna whitewash that one anyway. We're gonna make it through this year. Whereas when it started, um, Wendy's, famous line from mid-March was we didn't know if we were going to become creative making dinners out of cat food. Right. Like we, didn't, we didn't know if we were going to no, sell another exactly. house. You know, and, yeah. but anyway, so, um, so yes, we've been fortunate. And yes, we've like this year, and I think you and I chatted about this, our goal starting in, in January was what we called 20 for 2020. We wanted to contribute $20,000 back to local charities on behalf of our clients. But when COVID hit, you know, like we didn't know 
what end was up and whether we'd sell another house. We just actually, uh, as of the end of last week, we, we've got $20,200 that we've contributed back, That's which awesome. is so exciting. But that being said, we're very fortunate to be able to give back to the community financially, but also with our time. But if there are people out there that are listening to this and they don't have the resource, the, ta- the, the cash resources, you can do things like during when the COVID really hit, Wendy, one of our clients, she drove him to the hospital to get a hernia surgery done and picked him up and brought him home because his wife's an invalid and he couldn't get to the hospital. We made dinners that we dropped off to people who were who had COVID. Like we, we did things that didn't cost any money and anyone can do that. So there are ways of giving back to the community without opening your checkbook. I think that's so important um, because... And and I think it's doing it without any expectation. Like that's what I always want to get across. It's just doing it because you're able to, whether that is, um, you know, donating, donating like clothes that don't fit your kid anymore or snowsuits or things like that, as opposed to selling them, if that's how you want to contribute, like it's the little things um, that I totally agree with. Like there, there doesn't have to be a massive monetary allotment to anything you do it can be um it, it can be anything it can be uh, you know material, well this has monetary allotment but it can be just on a friday night order a dinner like order a dinner from a local restaurant or a small stocking stuffer from a local artisan or going to you know doing some some of your grocery shopping at a farmer's market as opposed to the grocery store like it, it doesn't have to be a huge output of money um, you know, but if it's money you're spending anyway, maybe there's more of a strategic way to do it that supports the community. And I, I, th- I think so. I like to think most people want to, they sometimes just don't know. It's sometimes just a lack of awareness for how they can help. Um, and then once, you know, they sort of have some options, um, you know, they're quite happy to sort of embrace that and, and find things to find ways to be supportive. So uh, one of the, the initiatives that we're going to work towards, this is not a big one, this is a little one, but um, Hearth Place, we chatting with the, the organizer of Hearth Place, Jeanette, she, I think she's a, either the executive director or CEO, but she said that her people, some of the people can't, don't have enough money to put a Christmas dinner together. So our office has got a big initiative on and providing, last year we did 2000 Christmas dinners to families. So I said, how many do you need Originally, she said 25. So I said, we can organize that through this restaurant group. I can get people to donate enough money to create 25 uh, turkey dinners. They'd be frozen. They'd have to make them at home. When I met her this morning, she said, a group of those people are on their own. They can't eat a whole turkey. What they need is they need food delivered around Christmas time, just like one meal for one person. Anybody could do that. I mean, this is, you could get down to a small gift like that that would make someone's Christmas so yeah it doesn't have to be big things it can be the small things that really make a huge impact on people's lives I just I love that so much and I I would be remiss if I didn't sort of steer a little bit into the business world because I have um not selfishly but the biggest joy I've gotten out of doing this podcast is really like meeting a lot of different people hearing their stories and you know, seeing how they've like really um, fantastically creative ways they've managed to overcome a super challenging period. 
obviously as a realtor, you know, COVID has not affected you um, as tremendously as other industries. However, you've done this Facebook group, uh, you know, as wanting to support restaurants and stuff. I'm curious, how have you, how, if any way, has it affected your business as things sort of change with COVID, uh, you know, as news of a vaccine coming in 2021 sort of makes the news rounds? Um, you know, what do you see as the future for that kind of thing? Like what, what, um, how do you see that, you know, fitting into a, a post COVID world, if you will? So do you want me to get my crystal ball out? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I'm curious. Like if you had, <laughs> yeah, if you had a magic wand or if you had a crystal ball, um, and you could sort of decide what, and, and you kind of, yeah, you had your druthers, what would you, um, how would you see that going? Well, I can see like if, if you're looking for a forecast of where real estate's going over the next while locally, I think we are in, I, I think the, the Southern Durham region, we are an anomaly within Ontario. And I think part of that anomaly is A, our prices are so cheap that people are coming here in droves out of the city because because we're the most affordable region in the area in all of the GTA. So we're just getting a constant flow coming out of the city. I, I'm so optimistic about our, our, our real estate community. I am just like, I can see the next five years or so being like just rock star years. Wow. Um, it is a little bit of a, a, the downside is there's a lot of first time buyers that are being really challenged out there right now because the values, even though they're low here, they're still really high for a lot of people. Yeah. Like income hasn't kept up with uh, like value of homes. It's, it's definitely, uh, it, it's definitely challenging and I'm going to age myself. But um, when I think of what my husband and I bought our first home for, uh, I'm blown away with what, you know, sort of first time home buyers are having to contend with, with salaries that, you know, aren't that much more than what, you know, my husband and I were dealing with kind of 15 years ago. So it's, it's certainly, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I feel sorry in, in some respects for those people because it's really challenging. And then I think of my own kids and I'm like, oh my God, they're never going to move out. <laughs> you know, but a lot of it, Leslie, is about expectations, right? So like, just like you just said about when you bought your first house. Well, when I, I bought my first, it was a condo that I bought and um, the, um, the bank said I could afford it. I didn't feel I could afford it. So what I did was I bought it and I rented it out. And then I rented a one bedroom apartment, upper apartment in a house. So I was a landlord and a tenant at the same time, which is kind of weird. But, <laughs> but I did that for two years and then that got me into the market. So what I, you know, my recommendation to some of these people, like you say, the kids that are like, it's really challenging to get in is sometimes you have to look at creative ways of getting your foot in the door. And again, like you just said about donating your time or, or being not, not understanding what the options are that you have in front of you, sometimes you have to get creative and say, what are the out, out of the box options that are available to me? Because that's the way you're going to get into the market. Oh, true. Yeah. And I think too, in the Instagram world we live in, 
um, adjusting expectations, right? Like there's a lot of value in sweat equity and I hate to say it, but you know, you, like, it's like expecting your first, first car to be uh, your dream car. It's just, it's just not, it's incongruent. Um, you got to kind of work up to that. So at the end of the day, at least my first car was far from my dream car, um, <laughs> it, but it was what I could afford at the time. And it was what got me work. Uh, but I do think there's that, um, you know, trying to come to terms with, uh, with what you see with, with aspirational via social media and what is, you know, reality and contextualizing how long it took people to get to that point. Um, and, you know, but that that's not Instagram world. I mean, when yeah. you look at again, when I, when I go into Instagram and I look at houses, every house has granite countertops or quartz countertops, oh, high yeah. end appliances, lots of hardwood, really high end finishings. And that's not the reality for most people, but it is the perceived reality when someone is looking from outside in if they want to become a homeowner. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm curious for your Facebook group, what do you, um, like, do you see it as something that's just going to kind of live forever? And, or do you think it's going to evolve as we, um, as you know, obviously COVID changes and we, and we get to a point where maybe, um, you know, the, the dining world looks a little more as it, as it did in previous years. Um, you know, what do you, how do you envision that adjusting um, as, you know, our, our circumstances change? Okay. So if, if when, once we not yet, once we go back to eating in restaurants, let's assume the need for that group no longer exists. Mm -hmm. I would have no issue shutting it down because it served its purpose at the time and it helped out a community. But that be, that being said, I've had so many people say this can't we can't end this. This has to continue to go on, and they want it as a platform to be able to just talk about the locals. Like so many people have said. There's hidden gems I had no clue, and I've lived here forever, and I didn't even know these, these restaurants were around. So it is a great resource. So I can see keeping it going as time goes on. Um, the, the interesting thing, too, is, is I've been approached by lots of advertisers to advertise on there and to pay me for advertising. And I've said no to every one of them. I mean, because to me, again, it's, this, is not about, this is not a revenue-generating experience for me. This is a supportive experience. So I'd like to keep it going if we could, if the interest is there. I love it because I think it's so rare to find uh, something that's sort of grassroots started, but maintains that feeling. Um, because I think it is hard, you know, when you start to get people approaching you for advertising and you want to do this, um, that can be really hard to maintain that feelings of uh, authenticity whilst you sort of when you sort of venture into that world. Um, and I think that's awesome because I, I also think it's kind of like anything, right? When it's just people talking and sharing, it's so much more authentic um, than, you know, sometimes like, let's be real, not that it's always the case, but you know, not every Google, negative Google review is warranted. You don't always know what the backstory is. So to have something that's a little bit um, more geared towards positivity, um, you know, we certainly need more of that in this world, not just, you know, as a result of COVID, but I, I think in general, um, you know, it's, it's rare to find something like that. And I, I think it's, uh, it certainly has a place. Um, one of the things I've seen with uh, just the, the effects of COVID and the fear that COVID has brought on is, is people and families have started to silo. And when they silo, they become disconnected from others. And it's 
that's one of the reasons why I've tried to keep this this group positive, like totally positive, because you know, like when you when you're alone, like I, I talked to somebody today, he has not been out for dinner this year. Like he said, I think it's the last time he went out was January. He's afraid to death to go out. So when people are siloing like that, even if you can't get out to a restaurant, you can go onto this platform and see what other people are doing. And at least that gives you some experience of where you're dipping your toes into that dining world. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, because I, I think, you know, we're, as much as I, I hate to say it, most everyone's Zoomed out, I think, like in terms of meetings and, and you know, trying to maintain something and uh, you know some semblance of normalcy whether it be work or um you know uh organizations you're a part of whatever have you um you know I, I i think a place like that is really needed because we're just it's becoming really hard as this goes on um especially now that we seem to be regressing a bit with the cold weather coming and us you know having driving us all back inside and the outdoor option to um you know have small group get togethers going away um i think you're really going to see people need that kind of connection um because i i think it's going to be a long winter and I, I say that without trying to be negative i just you know yeah. the reality is i think it's winter tends to be long uh, layer on something like this so you know I think there's a really a really big need for uh, groups like that for people to just feel a different sense of connection community connection I agree and I, th I think you, you're right I mean it the numbers are a lot not looking promising in Ontario they seem to be going up that's not not we're not trending in the right way so I mean there may be some local shutdowns coming down the road I don't know I and again no crystal ball but um all we can do is do the best we can with what we've got today, right? Yeah. What's on the table today. And I mean, today, the best we got is to just continue to work and take opportunity when we can. And again, like, again, this is a very positive platform and I'm going to continue to, to moderate. I mean, I've taken a fair, fair lot of crap for being Pollyanna as people see it because I, I do remove, you know, I've removed some people's posts when they're getting really negative and it's, and I've taken, I've actually had people say, I'm posting this, but I know the administrator will remove it within minutes. You know, it's like people know the people that, that are on there know, but I mean, I think again, you know, like there's just so much, there's so much, we're in such flux the world right now. What's happening south of the border being the infections or politics and yeah. everybody, you know, like it's, it's it's just so fascinating, and I think that, um, and again, this is getting back to that negative negativity versus positivity that I've tried to to remove from that group. If you other anything, and what I mean by othering is, when when you see someone as other, it's easy to criticize them or be negative towards them, but if you see them for who they are, it takes away that. It's like, here's a, here's a good example um, that I talked with my coach this morning about was um, if you look at wolves, wolves have one of the most incredible family dynamics of any animal. They're so protective of the family. However, we as a Western society look at them as we, we have to consider them dangerous and that's how they become a danger to our society. So what we've done is we've othered them. So what I see in this group is when someone sees someone else and they dismiss them, either, and again, politically, it could be left or right. If they blame them for who they are, they create what I call an other 
And then all of a sudden, it's like two sides of the desk and it's easy to get really upset with that side of the desk. If you take away that and put everybody on the same platform, it's really hard for people to argue, argue with each other or to take shots at each other, if that makes any sense. It's, it's so great to hear that though. I, I just, I find um, we could stand to have more of that, right? Yes. At, at particularly at a point in time where everything to your point, so politicized, you know, social media, the news, like everything. Um, and, it, it, you know, I don't think it's Pollyanna. I think it's just a desire to want to, in some ways, um, you know, put energies towards uh, more productive and positive things. You know, and I, I don't think it's Pollyanna. I think it's very much like the world is, uh, we have enough things and enough people worrying about and reporting on, um, you know, a lot of the negative stuff. Um, but I, I do feel there's there's something to be said for taking a more optimistic approach. Uh, it takes as much energy, you know, to, to, to think of things more positively than it does to just kind of crap all over everything. So, um, you know, I, I always find that very refreshing um, to, to hear people have a much more uh, positive approach. And one final question, because I'm, I'm always asked this myself, so I will ask you. I'm curious if you're if what you've done has inspired anyone else, be it personal, other you know professionals, colleagues you work with. You know, if you're if what you've done um, to help others during this time, if if it's inspired anyone else um, to do that, because I I'm I'm always I find that always nice to hear that you know someone else has decided to you know maybe do their Christmas shopping local or do something else as a result of of gaining some awareness. So I'm, I'm curious if, if you've had that feedback as well. Yeah, well, if I pull back into the group and just use that as an example, it's two of the, the experiences from that group that just make me smile. And, and I know I started the group, so I started this positive group. So it's, but it's what people have done with that. There's one guy, I think his name is Steven Sarazen. And he's a real estate broker from somewhere North. I think he's in like North Durham or maybe even in the Lindsay Peterborough area. And I think it was him that gets his son every other weekend. So they started doing this where they would go to like five um, pizza joints on the weekend together when he had his son and they'd rate them. And not in a negative way, he'd just say, we went to these five restaurants. We did a little snapshot of the food they had and why they were good or which ones were better. And, they, and they'd rank them from one to five. So he started doing that. And I think he went to, I don't know, like 30 or 40 of these uh, pizza places over time. Then we had men and sons start to do, they did burgers, they did wings and all these people and people loved it. The comments were so amazing. So that things like that warmed my heart. Then we had another situation where we had, and I, I talked about this in the REM article where we had this, um, this mother who has an autistic son, I think he was 13 and they were doing construction in front of the house and his routine was completely off. So um, she put a post out there and said that, you know, he likes to do restaurant reviews. They'd go and have dinner. He, she'd help him do a blog out a review on the restaurant. And it really helped him kind of, it helped train him on, on going to restaurants and kind of thinking so in writing a review. So anyways, it was really awesome. So she said, is there any restaurants that we would like us to review it? I think there was like 30 or 40 restaurants offered to drop food off to their house. <gasps> Oh my gosh, that's and I, amazing. And they're in Whitby and there was some restaurant in Port Hope that says, I'll drop food off for you. Like it was incredible. I love that. <laughs> I, I, 
I, I just, I can't tell you how much I love being able to end on such a, a nice note because I love stories like that because I think it's what's going to get us through this. Uh, and it's really going to help people. Um, you know, when we hear stuff like that, I, I, and again, without risk of sounding like Pollyanna, I think to myself, you know what, I think we might be okay. There's still really great people in this world who really want to help and, and do things to, uh, to support others. And I, I think we might just be okay. I think we might come out of this. Okay. Awesome. I, I have one question for you. What's been the biggest inspiration you've seen this year? Um, inspiration. I, I think, um, m for me, I think it's really seeing the, um, tremendously creative ways that people have found to adapt to challenges in their business. So, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, particularly uh, at this time of year, um, if you know you're a small business and you've kind of relied on Christmas markets or things like that, um, seeing how people have uh, found ways to get around that um, with the help of others or the way um, businesses I would never have imagined could find a strategic partnership have, have come together to, to find ways to help each other out. Um, I find it really inspirational because it's kind of like that adage, like when the chips are down, people figure it out, they come together, they work together, and they find a way to overcome. And, you know, that may seem, that may sound a little, I don't know, too much for, you know, what we're talking about. But I do find that to be the thing that I've really enjoyed the most is just seeing people um, kind of triumph over adversity in ways that are tremendously creative and, and outside the box. Um, and it, it's really been uh, quite a privilege and pleasure to, to chat with them um, about all of it because, uh, and, and to meet them in general, because I, I never would have had it not been for this. So I, I'm, you know, tremendously grateful to have connected with so many, uh, you know, amazing individuals. There's a Warren Buffett quote that I'm gonna alter, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bastardize. And his quote is, um, when the tide goes out, you get to see who's naked. Oh, I love and, Warren. <laughs> but you know, if you can add on to that, when the tide goes out, not only do you get to see who's naked, you get to see who can find new clothing really quickly. Yeah. I think that's what you're talking about is people pivoting and changing business models and, and collaborating with other business people and just making it happen. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I've really enjoyed this. I, I have, uh, it's been a real ple pleasure to get to speak to you, um, not only from a, a business standpoint, but just, you know, someone else who who's taken this as an opportunity to find ways to give back. Um, it, it's been uh, tremendously enjoyable to, to chat with you again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so for much for your time. I'm so excited to have people uh, listen to this and I'm going to share the group and, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be flooded with even new members and uh, people will get an, ex an opportunity to experience some of the hidden uh, restaurant gems. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us on the Six to the Sticks podcast. Don't forget to subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Also, sharing is caring, so please spread the word and feel free to send us your questions or comments and any suggestions for future guests you'd like us to feature. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time.